Hi everyone, welcome to the third episode of the set of podcasts on Israel and Palestine. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what we can do in response to everything that's happening right now. And what's included in that discussion is the detriments of social media and also the conversation that I had with Peter Slezak, who's an honorary associate professor at UNSW. So let's jump into it. Um, this issue was really widely discussed on social media at one point. It should be, it should continue to be discussed, but it was really widely discussed at one point, and it allowed people to become aware of everything that was going on, of details that they might not have otherwise found, which was really, really great. And it also provided an amazing opportunity for people to pay attention to and watch and listen the to the Palestinian voices, their concerns, their day-to-day problems and their struggles, everything that they were going through because social media facilitated that while other media potentially did not. They were being silenced. They are being silenced in their own country and social media proved to be an avenue where they were able to find ways of still expressing what they were going through without that too much censorship or too much blocking um, or restrictions. And of course, since we were seeing these things, it's really likely for, it's really obvious and fair enough, I would say, for us to perceive social media as this like really powerful tool that's facilitating a transparent conversation between us and Palestinians who are experiencing these things. However, Earlier this year is proof that we cannot be so reliant. And that's why I said certain words such as transparency and our reliance on social media because we cannot have that because Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp were found to be censoring posts which in the end diminished the Palestinian effort. So for example, hundreds of posts condemning the eviction of Palestinians from Sheikh Jarrah were deleted, activist accounts were suspended, and a hashtag related to Al-Aqsa Mosque was also deleted. And that's just blatantly awful, and that is unfair censorship, like, without a doubt. So on the one hand, there's a suggestion that Facebook and the Israeli government were working together to remove posts that, quote, incited violence. Um... But on the other hand, there's also this claim that Facebook has made that there were technical glitches. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't think it matters what led to this massive, massive failure. It just goes to show that while we rely on social media to be transparent, to show us things that aren't available and that aren't shown on other media platforms, it is a fallible medium. It is a fallible medium. And as regularly as regular users of social media, we have to be holding it accountable. And I think that's just really, really important because as users of social media, the power does sit with us, right? So we could be reporting problematic posts that are actually inciting hatred and violence and making sure that, you know, if it's a technical glitch, then it doesn't. There, there's no question of it being a technical glitch because it's just being reported as that's being problematic, so it can't stay up on there anymore. Um, or about sending complaints where there is unfair censorship, as did happen earlier this year. Um, these things are really important because it's a medium that is relied upon by those whose voices have been silenced to be able to speak up, and. We have to make sure that this medium remains transparent, remains fair, as far as we can make sure it is, to be able to continue hearing those voices, for us to be educated on what's happening, for us to know what the genuine problems are, 
so that we can take action in society that properly addresses those specific problems rather than coming to our own conclusion about what those problems are. Um, and I, I just think that it is really, really tempting to kind of perceive social media as this, you know, because it's such a big, big place. And I, I certainly feel like, you know, when Facebook refused to help me with some account problem that I had, I was just like, well, I guess that makes sense. Like they can't really pay attention to one account you know, they're a big company, they don't care. And I like sent them like multiple reports, it did not make a difference. And I think like, that's one of the times where I was definitely like, oh, like, social media is such a big platform, I can't expect one person can't expect to kind of like really make a change on that. But even if that is the case for one person, when so many people feel passionately, that will not be the case. And I feel confident about that. And I don't feel like I'm being naive about it at all, because of everything that users of social media have shown that they're capable of, whether that's organizing protests, whether that's organizing funds, and whether that's, you know, being able to demonstrate their genuine compassion for people who are undergoing these terrible, terrible circumstances. Um, so I definitely think that a more active role in engaging with social media, a more critical role in terms of engaging with social media is super, super important. And remembering that at the end of the day, it is a fallible system. It's not perfect as much as we'd like it to be. Um, anyway, I hope I didn't get a little carried away there. Um, in my conversation with Peter, Peter Slezak, who is a Jewish person and who actively participates in discussions regarding the Israel-Palestine conflict and supports the Palestinian cause, he actually talks about this with a lot of differently politically motivated groups. And so hearing his perspective on this was really, really interesting. And what he had to say was that to encourage Jewish people to speak out more in favor of the Palestinian cause. And his experiences and his perspectives have shown that unfortunately, and this is 100% unfortunate and we want to acknowledge that, Jewish people's voices are the ones that have an impact within the community and on those who are likely to effectuate change. And of course, he was adamant that this was in no way to silence Palestinian voices, simply to urge Jewish people to speak out more, to accelerate the rate of change, and kind of recognize their position in the amount of effect it can have if they speak up versus if anybody else speaks up. And this isn't to do with Palestinian voices in specific, this is to do with the general public. I think this was a really interesting point and it was definitely something that we did not expect and on a pragmatic level it does make sense because the people who are in charge the people who are causing the suffering for Palestinians they it makes sense for them to be impacted by the voices of Jewish people um, and if they are also condemning the Israeli government's actions and so like as, as unfortunate as it is and as much as we'd want to encourage Palestinian voices and you know, make sure that they're not being silenced. We also do want to encourage Jewish people to be able to speak out and express their disapproval of the Israeli government um, and hopefully impact people who are in really critical positions, who are enacting this stuff, who are enacting these atrocities um, to kind of see that they're being disapproved by, by their own community, by their extended community, and reflect on the actions that they are conducting potentially thus far without disapproval um you know even if it kind of instills a moment of self-reflection i think that that's really important um 
to kind of wrap up this podcast for today, the main thing I want to get at is that by being vigilant on social media, we're keeping these companies accountable for what they show and the narratives they tell us by subliminally manipulating what we see, which they do. And we have to be vigilant of it and make sure that they're criticized for it. We're making sure that people are seeing what the reality is and are encouraging more people in important and critical positions to step forward and create the change that we need to. And by being so vigilant and by being so critical, we're going to continue seeing the news that we need to see. We're going to continue seeing the information that we need to see and make sure that we're driving change in the direction that it needs to occur rather than making assumptions for the people who are actually suffering. Um, this is a really, I feel like it's really upsetting, honestly, because, you know, again, you rely on social media, you kind of rely on the fact that lots of people have access to it, that the public have access to it. And it is always unfortunate to realize that censorship is everywhere and censorship will always be detrimental to the people who need it the most. Um, you know, and that applies to so many things. It's, it's really disappointing. However, um, that is... I wish that I had a more positive note to end on for this podcast series. Uh, it was the first one. I really, really enjoyed, you know, kind of delving into all these like different aspects, whether it's the history of the Israel-Palestine conflict, whether it's America's contribution to everything that's happened. I don't know if you guys can tell, but that's a particularly um, passionate topic subject area for me so that was really great for me to talk about as well and also to kind of just like get into what we can do and realize that social media is definitely not all that it's chalked up to be um or we chalk it up to be it certainly is great um but we have to make sure that we're utilizing it in the way that it should be utilized and in the way that we have the power to utilize it um thank you so much for listening to this first series i hope you guys enjoyed it I certainly enjoyed talking about it and I am really excited for you guys to keep hearing um, the rest of the podcasts that we've been working on because they've been really interesting for us to kind of research and interview people on. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.